Coming up next, Curry's Corner. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of its staff, management, or Most sponsors. times they do that. Time for Curry's Corner with Pat Curry. Sponsored by Winger Insurance and Big Rapids Pennzoil and Auto Repair. Well, here we are. Good morning, America. Hi. How are you, Bob? All right. Well, you know, uh, today we have a couple different kind of, uh, kind of, yeah, we got a couple different Americans as guests today, and uh, then I have uh, um, a friend of mine, Brian Cady, that has passed, and uh, we'll talk about him later, uh, because I uh, probably will start crying and we'll end the program with that, but uh, just uh, keep him in your thoughts and prayers this morning as we go along with this great program we got lined up for you. Jim Samuels uh, asked me a couple of weeks ago if he could possibly get on the program here this morning and uh, about something that's very dear to his heart and his wife this morning. He had to meet with Biden and the governor this morning on some issues <laughs> down there, being a Democrat that he is. Bob, you can understand that. No, I'm only teasing, of course. And we like to tease on this. Uh, good morning, Wendy. How are you? Good morning, Pat. It's Wendy Samuels, great gal. She's done a lot of great things in her time on Earth. Not that it's over with, but we are getting closer. And, and when I uh, heard of Brian's untimely death, we knew it was near, but uh, not even that. But uh, Wendy, we are grateful to the good Lord that we're here this morning, aren't we? Yes, we are. And that's number one. And uh, like I said, you, you've you been an advocate of uh, children for a lot of years. I know you have, and uh, you've studied. And uh, I'm going to let you take the mic. And Jen, uh, she's with us this morning, so she has some questions for you. But let, let's start off with a little bit of your background, 30 seconds. Okay. Um, my background, personally, yeah, just tell them where um, you're I'm a from. social worker. And uh, for the whole 45 years of my career uh, while I was working... Uh, worked with um, my passion was uh, the prevention of child abuse and, uh, and neglect, the prevention and treatment of child abuse and neglect. Department at Ferris, I was there for 27 years and, and retired in August 20. So, Wow. Now, do you mind if I interrupt? Because sure. I learned from the best Pete Kenner. I love him to death. Someday we're going to get him back on here. But uh, when you started off, that you know, you were your social worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many years? Oh, I, I got my MSW degree in 1977. So. Now, you obviously see I have no questions written down <laughs> for upstairs. Sure. My question to you, and I know you can answer this, but from when you started to this day, do you think it has gotten worse or better with the plans that we have in place in front of you as a social worker? Do you think that your peers and everything have done something to... Uh, enhance the stopping of it or not? I believe it's much better. Um, There's two reasons for them. We are more aware of the prevalence of child abuse Uh and neglect. Um, It can, it crosses all socioeconomic, you know, uh, uh, the the whole scope. Um, And so people are more aware of it and so more likely to report. Okay. So it looks like when you look at the stats from like 1977 compared to 2003, looks like the, the pre- what is happening is that we're reporting more. Okay. The second thing uh, that it's, and it relates to Open Arms Child Advocacy Center. Uh, the reason, you know, we are better prepared to treat children. We're better prepared to um to uh, do forensic interviews that are going to enable law enforcement to um, 
prosecute alleged uh, perpetrators and also to from a child to allow people to get on with their lives when they've been wrongly accused of child yeah. abuse. Well, you know, and now now here it is uh, moving right along. And I, now I wish you were here for an hour because I have a lot of questions. One is, it's a fine line as far as I'm concerned from whooping somebody's little butt for doing something wrong. And he can turn you in and you can get in trouble. And I'll tell you how this happened. I was driving school bus one time and this butt of this uh, kid, uh, the dad did, in front of me. And uh, uh, the kid had just told his mother to F off. Mm. And so dad come out there and whooped his little B-U-T. And I'll be a son of a gun. Somebody on that bus saw it and he got turned in. And hell, he went to jail. Mm -hmm. And I was a witness, and I said, no, 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 that kid needed that little ace whip out of it, all right. But uh, it's such a fine line, Wendy, and I know you know it is, but I don't know where the hell you do to divide that from discipline. And you got these spoiled little kids that are taught that if your dad or mom touches you, you tell me and I'll get them in trouble and we'll straighten it out. And every little kid gets mad at mom and dad once in a while and hates them. I hate to use that word because I just do. And uh, to circumstances, Wendy, what? How do you do that? It really is. It's it's a, a clearer line than it used to be. Okay, um, because it, for the example that you just gave, all right, that would never have been substantiated. And so, if somebody reports child abuse to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. And uh, a situation like you just described, somebody that um, disciplines via, that's not going to get substantiated, okay? If there are bruises, if there's an injury, those things are the ones that get substantiated substantiated and can can acted on. It's hard to, uh, like a kid uh, today, uh, he gets about 12 years old, he thinks he knows what life's all about, which he doesn't. Mm -hmm. But... My God, he can turn a parent in for false accusations, and that parent, the kid's always the victim. Am I right or wrong? What, what's your thoughts on well, that? Well, I think that the, you know, we, our position always is that, that the person that's reporting is, is telling the truth, okay? Uh-huh. But that's why we exist. It, it, open Arms Child Advocacy exists, okay? So what happens uh, with our organization, our mission is to do forensic interviewing with children who are severely abused or sexually abused, primarily sexual abuse. So uh, what happens is we get a referral from either the MDHHS, the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, or from law enforcement. I I, I am going to say that probably most of our referrals come from law enforcement, okay? And then we get into action. We, um, We make an arrangement for... Uh, the child in the family, whoever is in the family that's supportive of the child with regards to a child reporting that to a friend who reports it to a teacher, and, and then the ball starts rolling. Um, and so we get into action, contact the family, arrange for an interview, and, and what happens in a forensic interview is that uh, the child is with a um, a. a a uh, person who's three-day, tra- uh, we call three-day trained, and they go through a three-day training to do forensic interview. Um, they're in one room interviewing the child about the alleged abuse. Who is in the other room, There's a where everything's all on site, um, is uh, law enforcement or a therapist or MDHHS, whoever else needs to hear the interview, okay, or and see the interview. They're seeing it in real time. 
they are that's a forensic interview and they are able to talk to the interviewer through an earbud if the interviewer has some further information for their investigation it's particularly law enforcement that are kind of giving some ideas and you know could you explore this area or not you know um, but they are, they then that becomes the law enforcement's evidence the the interview okay if there's a if there's a disclosure if the child does disclose that yes this did happen okay uh, then law enforcement uh, would probably make a, refer- a huge piece of evidence okay um, if the child doesn't disclose then that situation that you just described it allows the person that has been wrongly accused um, or that there's no evidence that the abuse did occur okay to go on with their lives and not be stuck in jail not have law enforcement on their backs sure. you know well, all right so today you're coming on to bring awareness which you have now uh, talked about mm-hmm. something coming yep. up let's talk about we have that. a fundraiser on september 9th at the eagles um, it's going to be a blast. Um, it's uh, dueling pianos, and I have never been to one, but everybody else that I've talked to who's been to a dueling uh, pianos uh, presentation is just wowed about it. So, uh, so what is what does the money go for? Um, primarily salaries. Um, salaries of your staff? Yes, since is a nonprofit. You know, uh, we have uh, two trained forensic interviewers. We have a family advocate. We have a program director and an executive director. So that's that's a lot of salaries. You know, um, in terms of. Um, uh, you know, supporting the organization, and we have rent and utilities and the same kind of expenses that anybody else has as a nonprofit. We're a fairly new nonprofit. We were formed in, in the development of, and then the um, and the board chair for a few years there. Okay, so. where can people buy tickets? How do how do they get involved? Oh wow! Um, Google Open Arms Child Advocacy Center. Okay. Uh huh. Um, the the the. The link to the uh, organ or to the event to the dueling pianos event is on our website. So, okay. uh, people can click on that, uh, purchase an, as many t- people that are you know have a lot of friends and family to get together and and purchase eight. We are eight tickets to a table. Uh, purchase eight, eight tickets, and then you have a dedicated space for your friends and family. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, it's it's primarily we we are we are not supported by uh, the government. A lot, um, a I lot bet you people, a lot of people think that. that a lot of people think that, and some people are just shocked. I mean, we're providing a free service um, without any reimbursement at all, you know. So when you get a case, it, how do they know to just use your agency then to figure out what's going on? I mean, how do, how do they just pick one? Or Oh, no, it's a, that's a good question, Jen. And we have... Um, a multidisciplinary team in each of the counties. We serve four counties, Mecosta, Osceola, Lake, and Nuevo counties. Okay. In those multidisciplinary team, MDT, formed in each of the counties, and it has law enforcement representation, it has MDHHS representation, it has medical representation. We do uh, physical exams for children if there's a need for that down at DeVos. So there's a, uh, the, uh, a nurse. You had to get licensing through somebody to do this, right? Well, I mean, it's in process through the National Children's Alliance. Okay? Oh, okay. So we have a kind of an umbrella nonprofit in the state of Michigan that umbrellas all the child advocacy centers in Michigan. Um, I believe all but two counties in Michigan are covered by SCAC. Um, we don't 
get money from them either. Um, so we exist on donations, individual donations, and our fundraisers. Okay. Uh, so I've been to a dueling pianos once, I okay. think. So I assumed it's going to be very much you request a song and then mm-hmm. yep. they battle yep. it out, basically, and, and that, that could be a lot of fun. Um, so what's your other fundraiser besides dueling pianos throughout the year? Right now we just really have that in the giving day that happens in November. Um, we don't want, we've been very careful to try to just do one year hiatus where we couldn't have anything, right? Mm-hmm. That was really hurtful. It was just very painful. Um, but, you know, we, we don't want to overwhelm the community. There are a lot of nonprofits that do fundraisers through the year. So. All right. I'm going to switch it up and I'm just going to use Pat as the example. Okay. If his mom was having problems with him and mm-hmm. obviously he we can't say what happened she then probably we weren't did. there right, right. <laughs> can you offer advice to pe- yeah he he's he's high you know uh ADHD whatever OCD can you offer advice to parents who are like this kid is driving me nuts he won't listen he won't do anything i say what do you say to that i mean how do how do we parent better okay um, I, I think that my advice, because I'm a therapist and a social worker, yeah. is to seek counseling. You know, that helps. And, and, and parents are like, oh, I yeah. don't have the money yeah. for that, right? right. How do we, uh, can, you, can you give a general slate of advice with, without having to pay money? Because I think these parents are at their wits end sometimes. I think that um, one of the things to do is, you know, based on, my experience with working with families is to really understand and honor what a need to have attention as a need to express themselves, you know, and parents, if they can push in the clutch a little bit and really listen to their kids. This and, generation doesn't know what a clutch is. Well, no. <laughs> a different example. That's it, it's true. <laughs> Slow down a little bit. <laughs> I keep using that phrase and I often I get that. <laughs> but uh, they, I think there are still some clutch cars. So if if parents can just slow down and listen a little bit more instead of being it, kids, if you Reactive. push on, yeah, if you push on a kid, mm-hmm. they're going to push back. Okay. I mean, I, one of the things that I do when I taught, um, uh, you know, future therapists at Ferris is that I actually physically did that. I, I went around the room one, when I would be teaching about parenting and counseling with children back. That's in their DNA. That's in our DNA to do that. So if you can step back and, and begin to listen and begin to empathize, you can still have boundaries as a parent. You're not. You're still going to not. You know. You're still going to say you can't use the F word in this house or to us. You know. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're gonna yeah. flip it right back at you. <laughs> right. That fast. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. Well, good. That's all right. That's all right. Good. Once again, let's get the date right. and the times uh, for yeah. the okay. fundraiser. Let's do that. September 9th uh, at 5 a.m. Uh, oh, uh, no, we, no, it can't be 5 a.m. It's not 5 a.m. 5 p.m. Jesus. <laughs> but, um, yeah, at 5 p.m. at the Eagles, uh, dueling pianos, uh, proceeds going to... Uh, Open Arms Child Advocacy Center, and I want to do a shout out for our numerous sponsors um, for this event. If we can, you know, the the goal is if we can get enough sponsorships for um, for the event. We, everything we make that night is profit. So, one more time, OpenArmsCAC.org.
And that would be a good place to go if somebody needs your services as well. That's true. Right. Yep. Okay. All right. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pat, for in. Appreciate your time. Hey, Bob, at this time, I'd like to thank uh, Seth Winter for coming in to hook that curries last night and having a sandwich. He oh. paid for it. Yeah. And I think he Very tipped nice. me, too. Wow. Thank you, Seth. He's yeah. Winger Insurance, our sponsor. And I'd also like to bring up Kim Wells. I haven't seen him since. Oh, Lord. He was in this morning. Last time I saw him was yesterday morning. And... Uh, for coffee, and, and I want to thank him for him and his Zach uh, from Penzo for uh, sponsoring nice. us. You know, uh, Penzo, they work hard, and how Zach does it keeps those mechanics happy and stuff. I don't know how he does they it. They look like a pretty happy I should crew, take a you know? class from him, yeah. but I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, especially anyway. got to be down in that pit, and it's, uh, you know, 90 degrees out. Yeah, they do a great job. They always, uh, real quick, and, uh, you know, they give discounts to anybody that's going to be close to 70 years old. <laughs> Uh, really? I make okay. sure, yeah. Good to know. And I always tell them I'm a friend of Kim's, uh, the most eligible bachelor right. of Big Rapids. Yep. Uh, still, when are we going to do our dating show? I, I'm working on it. Um, you know, I really am, but uh, it's going to be a tough one to do. I think, I think like any male, the woman. No, that's a woman. He's a lioness. No, no that's a woman. No, that's not He's it. a skunk. No. no. <laughs> but... Um, Play, yeah, I, I don't know if he can be bought or not. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he could be a male. Uh, be bought. Okay. But anyway, hey, Bruce, come on in. Why don't, we, Bruce take quick, why don't we take our quick break? Yeah, here. let's do it. And and uh, we'll be back with yep. Bruce Borkovich right here on B1039. It's 10 minutes before Great. 9 o'clock. Morning, Bruce. I'm Seth Wenger from Wenger Insurance, getting professional service and competitive insurance to West Michigan. Come visit us on Perry Street in Big Rapids or give us a call at 796 0778. We're here for you now, and we'll be here when you need us most. 796-0778. Sounds from your car or truck mean something. Don't ignore them. Thousands of miles over what that little sticker suggests? Get it in to be seen. With NOAA, Auto Repair can get you in and seen right away. Oil changes, new tires to full auto repair. Big Rapids Pennzoil makes it easy and tops it all off with a free car wash every time. Local service from local people. That's the Big Rapids Pennzoil difference. Pull on in, you'll see, and you won't hear that sound anymore. 710 North State Street, Big Rapids. Oh three nine. All right. Well, we got some birthdays. Paul Quant. He turned something today. Right. I can't tell you what birthday it is. But he's got to be close to fifty. I don't know. Maybe I'm off. Um, Tom and Janet Kuntz, our state rep from Clare. He's been married twenty five years today. So we wish them nice. a happy anniversary. Tom's doing a great job for us down in Lansing. There. See, he's got an event coming Janet's up. Janet's even doing a better job staying with him. You know, I said, I, well, he pulled over in the rest area. And uh, how's the wife doing with your uh, job that you have now, Don Lansing? But he gets home every night, you know. And he's a good family man, but he said it's tough, but she's, she's at, uh, done a great job. That's a long know? drive every day. Yeah, you know, those guys give up a lot. He, I, Tom's one of those guys that's not doing it for the money. He's kind of like a Bruce Borkovich, you know. He's, he's an American. He wants to stand up for America, and he does want us up, you know, and divide us, which they're trying to do their best at. But uh, wish them a very happy 25th. Um, I'll talk about Brian Katie later on in the show, but the other guy I want to talk about is Sonny Johansson. 
Sonny passed away here not too long ago and uh, lived out to Rodney there, which a lot of Johansons do. And he lived to be a uh, ripe old age. I don't know. He had to be right around 90. I don't have his old bit in front of me, but uh, I sure loved the guy. You know, him and his Woody Lanes at the Wild Rose for a lot of years. They'd come in for breakfast and keep to themselves, but they both would always be comp- a conversation would be good with them both. You know, he was a hard old farmer and uh, lived right there around the curb there by the Marathon Station. But uh, he's going to be missed by the Johansons. You know, I, I just want to say something. Uh, when it comes to Big Rapids, the ones that made it aren't uh, necessarily the ones that are here today. The ones Hansons and the Katies like that, that the third, fourth generations back, the dirt farmer, you know, the guy that had the junkyard and the guy that really made America to what it is today. And Johansons are part of that uh, family of Big Rapids. But anyway, we've got Bruce and Jason uh, Cruz. And uh, I was talking to si- uh, Carmen Bean this morning. He's out getting petitions signed to run for supervisor of Big Rapids Township. And uh, we a young... Bruce is quite younger than me, and Tom's, uh, yeah, Jason's a lot younger than I. And uh, I said, what's Jason's last name again? He goes, Cruz. I said, you know, uh, name recognition, I have to hear it several times before I, uh, not several, but I, they have to be important to me. And so if they're not important to me, I can't remember their names. And a guy told me that years ago. I was at a party, and we were drinking. lady there had this guest of hers over, and... Uh, I said, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. And he goes, well, you know why you can't remember it? I said, no, I guess because I can't. I don't know you that well, and I haven't seen you a lot in my lifetime. He goes, no, the reason you don't remember my name is I'm not important to you. I read a book, and this guy wrote a book about if you're important to me, I'll remember your name. If you're not, I won't. Well, Jason, you're important to me because I said to him. But anyway, uh, Jason's uh, been around for a while now. And I want that name to get out there and people to remember that name because someday you're going to see on the ballot, on the Green Township, hopefully ballot for a supervisor. I, th- I can't think of anybody any better. And uh, the credentials are there for him to be a good supervisor. But the key is people out there that really want to see America stay America. It's kind of people like uh, Jason Cruz for that name. So the more you say it, the more you'll remember it. And I always tell everybody in, in uh, a small town America here in Big Rapids, if you go into a voting box, you're most likely going to vote for name recognition, not necessarily the guy that's best. And so, therefore, we have, in fact, made a lot of mistakes over the years because there's been opponents run against incumbents that are in offices like the Kirk Register of Deeds, the Treasurer, they're always incumbents, and they always win because they are incumbent, and it says right there. But if it didn't say incumbent and it just said the name, a recognized name might beat the guy that was, or lady, that's an incumbent. But anyway, so I'm rambling on here. We should go to a song before we start with this. Do you have a good American song before we get to one here? Let's play it. All right. It's by uh, John Rich is his name. So let's listen to this. You've probably heard this. I think we found Pat's new theme song. I think so. Yeah, yeah, really. Next to the phone, the True Social actually emailed me and said, you got to have the song. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Huh? That's original. You know that never charted? No. Not yet. It's early. It just came out. Think of... uh, the movement on that song, um, the uh, rich men from North. Yeah, well, Richmond, they're, they're, that, North we were talking about that uh, this weekend. That one, and of right. course, the, the, that just shows you how patriotic people want to be and show their patriotism right now in the world today. 
Huh? Yep. They got yeah. that one and the, and the other one that, yeah. that just came uh, out. So. Just want to interrupt for a minute. Don and Jana. Jana, yeah. Don. Donna and John Folkemus, 30 and a half nice. anniversary. But anyway, we got Jason Cruz with us and Bruce Borkovich, two uh, patriots uh, from the Big Rapids Township area. And uh, they're they're trying to make it a better place to live. Uh, nothing wrong with that, is there, Bob? Huh? Oh, sorry. I turned down his mic. She doesn't want to I'm just the board up. Sorry. You know, Bob... Uh, who is I don't have an opinion anymore. Who's introduced more people graphics? Nobody. Nope. That's you met a lot of people, haven't you, Bob? Yeah, but I don't remember their names, like you said. <laughs> oh, you not know. they're not important. Well, no, we just talked them. about that I being important. I just wish that everybody walked through life with a hello, my name, like at Rotary. You know, everybody has a, their name tag. Yeah. I wish we well, could all do that, but that's uh, not going to happen. I, I don't like to wear name tags because sometimes I go places that I don't want them to remember Yeah, but you got was. your name right on your shirt. Well, <laughs> well that's true, too. But if they don't, so, uh, so, Amico... Uh, <laughs> You done start Turn your, your mic off. Oh, look at he's mad now, pouting. Uh, Typical uh, liberal. Go get go. on here. Go have a cup of coffee. God bless you, Bobby. Get out of here. No, Jen, what do you think? Huh? Hold on. Got Sorry. some great guests here today, don't we? Do. Jason, what's new? Well, not much. Just getting ready for school. Um, I also teach over at Ferris, so we're getting ready to bring the kids in. How many? You got a big class coming in? We have, uh, yeah, we have a new cohort of 60 students coming in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Something happened here. I don't yeah. know if we're. We lost any... something, Jen. I'm yeah. sorry. That's all right. Probably you'd be best anyway. Bruce, what's new with you? Nothing. How's the fight going? It's, you know, it's going. I'm so proud of, uh, you know, our, our residents in, in, in our area, Pat, and they're so energized. It's just grassroots stuff. My, my, you know, people are probably getting sick of hearing it, but that that's we the people. It's what this country was founded on. And, you know, you don't need to <clears throat> storm the Capitol. You don't need to commit violence. You don't need to do anything. You need to energize at the local level and make changes. And government is set up to do that. But so many times people will sit back and complain and, and we need to overthrow this and we need to do this and that and everything. No, start these grassroots movements, get energized and make a change in your community. So it's, it's inspirational. So you're going to get involved here pretty shortly, hopefully, with the Big Rapids Township Board. Yeah, I think I am. Uh, we're going to wait and see uh, how Carmen does. I don't know how many people know Carmen, but when you're around him, uh, then when you leave, it's like, he's a good man. He, he's an honest, moral man. I think Carmen's always trying to do the right thing. And, you know, what? Wh- there's no better traits for a person is to... He's everything he does. I think is based on what's right and what's just and what's honest. And so I, I encourage people uh, to get behind Carmen in this election and he, uh, you know responsibility and accountability in that township. Well, you know, uh, this is what I, I always look at a guy and say, where has he been in the past and what is what has he accomplished in life? And I will say this: Federal Screwworks over there in Undy Craft been there since I can remember years and years ago they came up here and he was one of the guys that started there right away he's part of that success so it takes a team to be successful the county or whatever you have one guy that's president or the CEO or whatever uh, Carmen's right underneath that at Federal Screw so he's part of the success story there at Federal Screw Rick Ulrich's another one I can go on and on three or four Brian Katie was one of them uh, Deb uh, Hicks uh, Knopf was one of them but uh, and then uh, Cruz, Linda Cruz, part of it. But they, uh, Tom, uh, 
he built them. Carmen was one of them. And Federal Screw to this day is still one of the biggest uh, car maker bolt factories in the world. And uh, Carmen's part of that. And he was a great guy. So that part of it tells me he can he can lead us to better uh, uh, things at the bigger township level. I think it's great. I mean, you know, for years we sat on our laurels and said nothing. You know, we just sat back and said, this is, this is a great world. I got a guest coming in from Czechoslovakia. I want him. He said he'd come on. And the story he is going to tell the people out there in America is unreal. And I'll just I'll quickly say this. When Russia invaded Czechoslovakia, they came to his town. His family ran out of big rapids. <clears throat> Use this mm-hmm. for a scenario. They're running mm-hmm. out of big rapids. And they had barbed wire fence around that town to keep them in. They were shooting, shooting them. His family was lucky enough to crawl through that fence, get out of there, went to Poland, and then emigrated into the United States. His parents, he was a child of 8, 12 years old. I can't remember the age. But a very young kid. He loves America. And he ended up working for the FBI here in america what a story but he said that can happen here going on right now it can happen here now i'm not here trying to scare everybody to get their rifles and get ready for internal war here but it's reality and you better start looking at reality or you're going to be uh absolutely My, my grandparents were all immigrants uh from uh serbia and without going into in-depth history there, when the, the Nazis, the Eustasi uh, factions of the Nazis, uh, in six years old, she lived, they had to live in a cave. They had to escape the same way. They literally lived in a cave and then uh, made their way uh, and, and immigrated here uh, after they were displaced. But uh, and, and it's that spirit of those immigrants, that, those strong uh, resilient immigrants that came to this country that made us what we are. Yeah. And, you know, many of us are dead set against the current policy. We're not anti-immigrant. The, the no, immigrants made were. this country. We're anti-illegal immigration because uh, uh, good immigrants made this country. Yeah, you know, uh, and I want to back up a little bit. Everybody's sitting there that doesn't like us. And they're saying, oh, listen, he's just trying to scare people. I'm not trying to scare, but what if this is reality? What, what if this does happen? You can't go back and say, oh, maybe Pat Curry and Bruce Borkovich and, and Jason Cruz to say that. No. But the other thing he, he touched on, he will when he comes on the radio, is if you don't like America the way it is, which gives you all the freedom. He talked about the guy kneeling during the national anthem. Mm-hmm. How, how dare do that when he, they are giving you the freedom to play sports here? Go over there and try to play sports. You know, and went on, and he's he's really interesting. I'm going to have him on here, not to scare people, but just to, to explain how lucky we are in America. It's true. It's history. We, yeah, we don't know how lucky we are in America. We're the only nation that really has freedom enough to say you go blow yourself off the world. I mean, yeah. we don't. We don't. Right. You can do anything. Yep. So anyway, go ahead, Bruce. No, that's just uh, you know, it's 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 a great. Uh, a story, and uh, Jason's mother-in-law is an immigrant uh, from, right. Czechos- uh, from Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Oh, really? oh, yeah. And she's, she reminds me of my grandparents. They're so passionately American. My grandparents, it was almost, you know, it was ad nauseum as a kid. I heard it so many times it almost became annoying as what a great country this is. They were such strong patriots and and so thankful for the freedoms we have, and I think wonder, we take them for granted. I wonder... Well, uh, Oh, your, yeah. your mother-in-law? Well, my mother-in-law. Yeah. My father-in-law told she me he lost. At the same time as the 
Sure. Um, she, uh, well, my father-in-law said several times to me, he said, we lost everything we owned twice. We lost it to the Nazis. And uh, then, then the Russians came in. And when they started uh, killing people off in my neighborhood, that's when we had to go. They had to leave everything behind and just, and just go on holiday and, and uh, snuck out that way. So it could have been really bad for them. They had two kids, and they had to just leave everything behind and rebuild. Just come into America and just get all the freebies. They had right. to end up working over into Canada, get a sponsor, learn the language, hold a job for a while, and then they could assimilate. They want, we wanted to make sure that people could assimilate at that's that right. time, not just bring them in and uh, here's all this free stuff in a cell phone. I mean, yeah. they, you know, and that's where she gets really upset about it, and she is, uh, she's a big one. Well, why would I have to do all this stuff, make right. these sacrifices? And I didn't know a lick of English when I came here. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't understand. Uh, nobody owes me anything. Nobody right. ever gave me anything, but people hate white America. It's obvious. It's just it's sad that we have fought uh, several wars and defended democracy. And no, there's other uh, nations that helped us, but good Lord, why would you want to break a system that is the best that you can ever buy? You, I mean, you can live down rails and trails, or you can live in apartments at Parkview, or you can buy your own house if you want to get a job. But so you have three different peoples here in Big Rapids right now. You have the mentally distraught person that uh, just can't normal things of life or drugs or alcoholics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have the low income. Uh, we have places for them. We have uh, several developed uh, apartment complexes for those people that are unfortunate that they can't get a high paying job. But we do have a place for them to live. And now they want to build a homeless shelter for the homeless. And then you have the middle class, we. And then you have the higher. Bottom ones, they want more for nothing. And and I hate saying that, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And then they they want to eat us up. I don't understand it. And I know, again, I'm rambling on. But it's just very confusing. Where, Where has the white man gone wrong? in today's world that he had made so great for the for right, us. The, the, right. the promise, the opportunity our founding, founding fathers gave us is just that opportunity. It okay. wasn't a promise of uh, handouts, freedom. It was opportunity, and, and that's, you know, our immigrant roots. Uh, that, that's, that's what meshed, is these strong, fearless immigrants came to this country for the opportunity to make a life for themselves. Well, think about this, Bruce. I mean, what do you look for when you're trying to get a new job? You're looking for the opportunity to hold that position, right? And so you're 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 allowed that opportunity by the owner, and you have it, or maybe you don't want it. Maybe you just want to work there for a little bit, but the opportunity's been presented to you, and you're able to execute that. And that's everything. It's everything. You know, uh, the other thing, we won't talk long on it, but it bothers me, and I bring it up a lot to a lot of people, is that the January 6th riot, they're still prosecuting those guys, giving them all these lengthy sentences and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yet, these other groups will go into Seattle, and they're still out in California. That was unbelievable. And get away with it, and no consequences. Oh, well, they can go in there and steal yeah. all they want to. It's who they are. 
Why? You, you know, why, you know, why do we allow that to happen? What hit me when all that happened is um, the elitism in Washington. You have people there who truly feel their status and their life is more important than ours. So when all the riots were happening, the Antifa riots and everything in our cities, and, and individual business owners uh, are low-status people compared to our very important people in Washington who are were flabbergasted that someone could break in and do damage when for several years uh, Antifa rioters were breaking in and doing damage to average people like everyone oh, yeah. in this room. But, you know, that elitism is, is alive and well that we are so important. We can't stand for this thing to stopping, you know, the Antifa riots. Well, did you see how they're locking all their products up on the shelves now? Yeah. On Walmart, you know, and, they, and a lot of these other corporations are pulling out. You yeah. know, they just can't do business there any longer. Yeah. And they can't figure out why. Yeah. Well, there's no freebies in the world, and we just can't have people coming into our on our facilities and just, hey, I want that chair, or I want that razor blade, or it's mine. So I'm, I doesn't work like that. Right. Kind of like our water here. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Tell us about that, Jen. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, let's let's talk about w- the, the opportunity. What what opportunities are, are are is Green Township having in front of them in the future? What what opportunities do we see that you can make change of? Sure. For the residents is one is conservation, right? Um, it's not really a change; it's just a constant. But we need to conserve what we have already. Uh, that's our natural resources. Why? 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 For future generations, right, Jen? So I mean, we have to make sure that uh, people that are growing up on these farms uh, with children can live here safely and have the opportunity to once again take over those farms if they feel it's in a nice, clean environment. What's uh, wrong with the status quo? Status quo at this point in time, right? So the idea here is is we want to bring in an industrial facility and pretty much change the entire layout of our area, not considering what our area um, townships want or need. Those would be our neighbors. But just go ahead and let's break changing the environment that we live in. Now, there's a lot of people out there that say, well, we have uh, poor people or, or under underadvantaged people in this area that we need to supply jobs for. Um, we had said it uh, last time I was on the show. I think Pat mentioned, he said, well, you know, maybe not everybody is going to want to work there. Who is who is who are the people that work actually or actually work and live in this is in here to uh, satisfy the needs of the communities that work, live around in this area? But we also have a lot of professionals that actually want to live here retire here they drive in from or drive out to grand rapids to work and to, before retirement and these people have uh based their lives or their end of their lives uh to live in a nice clean environment and they want to really get away from the industrial uh entourage the m- majority of their life and um and so it's kind of uh uh, kind of like a misdirection i believe for the area um we really just have to find um, what fits in the area if you want to bring in more it's just not to take uh, not to beat up on corporate but look what happened when we brought in um, uh, the like Menards and um, and some of these other big places that are around here big lumber yards what happened well Carter left um, cash and carry was hurt um, we have uh, 
we have p- um, places in the area like um, State Street State Hardware, Street Hardware which was that a just wonderful, the, amazing. And, and, still is. I mean, yeah. there was when I when I came to school here, I found State Street Hardware, and I said, "Oh man, this is excellent! It's a real hardware old store, school. Yeah. old school. They have everything. They have the knowledge there. They know where to find it." And Ernie did a great job, and and I even went down to Detroit and a few times when I was working down in Detroit. I said, Boy, I wish I had State Street Hardware here right now yep. because it's a very convenient place to find. But what these what happens is is these bigger entities come in and they, they decide on what they're going to stock on the shelves, and so maybe that's maybe they're not moving enough of uh, let's say. Uh, 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 national pipe 90 uh, half inch pipe 90 uh, ang- uh, degree angle and so like they, they take that off the shelf and you can't build exactly what you want you can't get it anymore because poor Ernie can't stock it anymore because he's not selling it and so um, it's just the way that the market do when when we let these things in well we have more opportunities right we do have a, a bunch of new wages that came in uh, for other people maybe college students and that sort of thing in the Area, but we've lost a little bit of our soul of our community and and um, those uh, businesses and small businesses the people that really sweat like you were mentioned earlier Pat uh, that actually sweat and put their blood up as areas what big Rapids area is um, they get left behind they get left out so the little guy once again gets left out we push forward so that's uh, it's, it's one of those things where conservation is super important to me for any community. We really have to identify who was there, um, how long were they there, what interests do they have, um, do we want, are we going to harm those interests, are we going to have commitment and dedication to the community if we bring these other entities in. And that really needs to be considered by any, any board and any elected official. So that's my yeah, thought process on the whole thing wasn't very good. I mean, it was just kind of thrown right down our throat. You know what, Pat, though? Can I, can I say something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things that they missed, and I think we would have gotten behind them, had they done their homework thorough here a little bit differently, knowing that Jim did a, did a survey. Yeah. Jim oh, checked it out. Absolutely. Jim, or, or I should say the board, did yeah. their homework, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we'd be like, okay, well, I kind of don't agree with it, but he did the yeah. survey. Most of us want it. Blah, 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 blah. It would have been different. No no, no, no doubt about it. Now, for me, uh, I, I still would have the environmental concerns, and now that I'm 100% convinced this is a Chinese concerns, but you are 100% right the way it was done. Um, he, here's what happened. I'm a simple guy, and I break things down simply. The seduction of money and gain, whether it's economic gain for jobs and community and growth or other personal economic gain overshadowed and overpowered we the people it overpowered the concept of uh, the will of the these uh, recalls are happening these recalls aren't happening because your opinion may be you may support this plant and I don't the recalls are happening because people in power our elected officials forgot the will of the people you mentioned why wasn't a survey done to find out? In Several that surveys, not just it, one. Exactly. And, and a, any uh, ethical, uh, responsible uh, elected official was all behind this plant, 100%. But I've got to tell you, I surveyed my people, and 79% of them don't want it. So my job, then, is to not support this plant. And then have a real conversation with the people who don't want it. A Absolutely. real conversation. Absolutely. If Jason has questions and you're not answering the questions, you're just staring at them. 
does that is that a conversation or is that a dict- I mean not a dictatorship but well, that, that's, almost. <laughs> but what I'm saying talk about why yeah. it is that they're doing certain things uh, for certain people but not other people it's like wait a minute I think that's right. a way of disregarding uh, you, you say you know why not engage that's a way of disregarding the will of the people uh, hey I'll let you come in and vent but I'm not hearing a thing you say, like the little kid that sticks right. their fingers in their ears and says, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's another way of disregarding. And, and the, this went because uh, we hate an elected official because they're supporting Goshen. It's because they forgot there's a seduction of money and gain, whether it's community or personal, that overpowered the principle of representing the people. Well, you know, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. Here's a school board member said to me, he goes, the reason I'm for it, and our superintendent do too, is they'll pay off our bond in three years where it's going to be 15 otherwise. Thing in, we're right. willing to pay for 15 years. We so people. it's all about money. money. We are selling our soul for money mm-hmm. instead of saying, well, it's because we're going to bring more jobs in our community, like some of the proponents say. It's job opportunities. I can see that. I can see their view on that. But is it, is it really worth it all? You but, know? but Pat, how many jobs are they going to actually bring in? They say twenty four hundred, or you know, twenty four hundred jobs into the project, and how much automation is going to absolutely happen? Because once again, we don't know how many uh, workers are going to get, or who's going to want to work there, if they're going to be qualified, uh, what processes are going to change. And I, I used an example in a conversation we had yesterday, and it was. Um, uh, in, in in Manistee, there's several different factories that I've grown up and lived around and worked in and those types of things. But um, over the years, step up, just ramp up. So there used to be, it, those factories used to support a ton of people in that area. Um, several of the, you know, let's say, for example, there's one factory in particular plant. I won't mention the name, but when they opened, they had a large amount of people. I think they employed like 2,000 people or something like that. But that was the first ramp up. And they've just continuously cut it down. You walk into that plant. Yeah. And so there's very, very little people on staff there anymore. And they just uh, have no interest in because obviously market demands are going to are going to also dictate that. So that's the other thing. If you have a problem with electric vehicles and the battery power and, and people aren't buying it, well, how many people are you going to employ? Yeah. You know? So see that Kevin O'Leary was on Fox. Did you see him? Who was that? Kevin O'Leary. I did not. You know, he's no. under like five or six million. Shark Tank. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin? Oh. Pretty sharp guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see what he had to say on Fox. It's it's not good. And, he, you know, that guy's a smart guy. You know, yeah. he, Jason, you're really well versed in batteries, right? Or at least automotive side. Sure. If someone were to have a, a, a conversation with you about it, could you... Could you answer their questions? We if, could have if, a pretty good conversation at this point. Um, I'm not as well versed. A lot of special training. We have we have two out of twelve people in the country, pretty much, that have the type of level of training that they have um, here, right here at Ferris. And so we obviously have to work together to make sure that the stuff that they have learned and the information that they have, we can transfer it into the program appropriately. So, yep, you definitely have to be in the know about things in the battery. Right. Bob, you want to say something about her? He's <laughs> eating. Chef Linger? We want to I had to say- do something here, so I was I took care of one of the uh, uh, Van Brocklin uh, donuts here. There you go. Good people. I had their pizza. They make up a pizza yeah. to yeah, I heard home that. cook. It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. 
There you it's go. So, so you order it up. It's not cooked. They just put cheese on it. You take it home and put what you want in it and cook wow. it. It's called a take and bake, Bruce. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> idea, Jen. It was really, really good. Yeah, so. they're good people out here, Jeff. Mike Beaumet and Amy are real good Real good yeah. friends. And they're hardworking folks. They're in there all weekend, all night. Yeah. You talk about good Americans. Yeah, you see those lights on it uh, oh, at yeah. midnight. Yeah. They're doing the American dream. Yeah. You know, get the business, work your tail off. And, and, and make it, and uh, they're really good. All right, Pat, should we play a song, and then you're going to talk about your friend? Yeah, we can do that, yeah. Okay. All right. Public insurance. Playing my song, right? Yeah. Huh? Which, which one's yours? People are crazy. I got it, right? <laughs> huh? uh, all right. You guys, got anything else to say about what's going on in the world today? Jason, what do you think, buddy? Well, I got all kinds of things to say, but I just don't think we have enough time. <laughs> all right, well, Bruce? You know, uh, just it's just been so inspirational uh, seeing this local movement. I've met new people that are they're such good Americans in exercising, uh, you know, uh, using our authorities to hold our uh, elected officials uh, accountable, and it is so inspirational. I was getting pretty jaded. I was becoming that old, that old grumpy guy on on politics and politicians and uh, our processes and. It's me. I'm going to get involved in some way, Pat. As you know, we've we've talked about it, and yeah. uh, and so it's let me ask you this question, Bruce. Now we're going back a few years back. You don't have to go into detail or anything. But why did you apply at Ferris for the public safety director? What yeah. did you see in Big Rapids that you liked? There was two reasons. Number one, I was kicking doors down on a drug team in my fifties, and I remember getting to a door. We didn't have our ramming at the apartment complex. It was an apartment complex. That way we wouldn't destroy their doors. Our number one guy through the door went to turn a key and a key broke. So now we're executing a search warrant. We've announced ourselves. And so I kicked that door about 15 times. Of course, steel door, steel frame. You don't kick them in like on TV. And it kind of hit me that maybe uh, kicking doors down, pointing guns at people every day is not uh, for a man, you know, leadership position. And then I started looking, and I, the Ferris job, and, and my wife and I both grew up on the east side of Flint. Couldn't wait to get out of there. We've always tried to live, you know, in rural America. And Big Rapids was just a, I knew the community well. I had worked over here, and I just loved the, the old-fashioned, traditional nature of it and the people. And uh, and my wife and I talked a lot. I said, you know, this is our making a job where you and I are going to, hopefully buy some dirt, build a house, and live for the rest of our life. So you like Mayberry RFD? Absolutely. Yeah, I, see, that's, you know, that's my point to people that are um, wanting this to happen. They think there's going to keep people in Big Rapids to give them jobs, our kids out of high school or out of Ferris, to keep them here. I, I don't think it's going to. You know, we talked about this yesterday. And I had the all-class reunion not too long ago, and I took a survey of the people that left town and the number one reason uh, everybody that left town was they wanted to go to a bigger city. They wanted to see the nightlife, but they love Big Rapids the way it is. They like to come back yeah. here and go out Chippewa Lake and enjoy yeah. a weekend or renting a, a house out there for the week or on Horsehead Lake or whatever they like, going out to Young's Lake in a couple of months, and then they go back to the big city life. People commute to Grand Rapids because of the better restaurants. Well, they want restaurants up here. Well, then they wouldn't go to Grand Rapids anymore if they had all that here in Grand Rapids would shrivel up, poor little city. But anyway, the bigger you get, I think, brings on a lot of other problems. Um, but anyway, the survey was 
Yeah, we didn't leave Big Rapids because we couldn't get a job here. It wasn't that go to the bigger well, city. Which is fine if yeah, that's what yeah, you're looking yeah, for. Yeah. Well, yeah. But now I took a survey of people that come in the station that are 60 and older that are retired. What brought you up here? The rural area. The way we of wanted life. to get out of the right. city. We lived in Farmington Hills. We sold our place for seven hundred thousand. We came up here and spent three hundred. So now we got four hundred in the bank, and we're going to live a nice life for the next fifteen, twenty years, whatever God gives us on earth. So it's one of my friends out there that want the factory to come in. I understand. I can appreciate where they're coming from and stuff, but it goes right back to what you want, what kind of life you want. Just like you, Jason, you came to work at Ferris here. But really, uh, what did you and your wife see here besides her being from Reed City? Boy, five lanes of traffic and stuck there for like an hour, 45 minutes because you just can't move because you're just waiting to get out. And I mean, that was just enough to, you know, hey, I've had enough. I had a conversation with a uh, friend of mine and I was sitting in traffic one time and he... uh, uh, he was living up north here yet, and, and, and he says, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just sitting in traffic, and I'm stuck, and the car wants to overheat. And I was shutting it off and turning it back, you know, starting it back up. And he says, boy, uh, not me. And you know what? Yeah. And that kind of, that was, you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to have to do something here a little different. Yeah. Um, you know, even going to work. I didn't live far from work, but that commute, you know, that could be a 40-minute drive. Yeah. And right. then, you know, once again, somebody gets in a wreck, you're right into the same yeah. spot. But yeah. I wanted to add on what you were saying, Bruce, about um, um, you know the grassroots uh, drive here on, on in our local government. And really, it's because you hear it over and over again. There's a lot of propaganda. Well, America's broken, and uh, you know this is just we just have to push the reset button and fix everything. Well, what are you going to fix it to? And if you really look at it, and if you get involved, you'll see that we are a nation of laws. And everything is set up just perfectly uh, to keep every uh, the keep the people in line, and actually give the people a chance to talk. Unions out there, which is what you see with the recall, but all this stuff is all in place. It's just I don't think the awareness is out there for it, and uh, and, and and you have a situation where a lot of people want to move to those cities, which is they're great. They offer a lot for a lot of people. Um, but not for everybody. And I think what ends up happening, when you get into that hustle and bustle of things, you just kind of drop off, uh, you know, and, and step away from, from, and you're kind of removed from government because it's such a big entity at that point in time. You don't get, you don't understand how it's working. You really don't get in civics class any longer. And, um, and those, these things just aren't taught. They're just not taught. They can't be taught in class anyways. But awareness can be given a little bit better, I believe. And and when you're you're a kid in high school or whatever, you're not really into those classes anyway. But but the, what I'm trying to get at here is that um, America is still around and it hasn't gone anywhere. It's just the awareness of what you can do, what your rights are, or what's available to you. Um, you know what is it that's actually out there and, and if you understand what's there so right well thanks for being our guest today bruce and jason uh we're going to run short of time and uh i want to eat you before i do that i want to reach out and say joe harley happy 50th uh, birthday joe's uh, joe and charlie harley and jimmy uh three of the best uh, patriots that i know besides you two <laughs> but anyway happy birthday joe had a great time saturday night out to your house 
Uh, Brian's obituary uh, goes like this. I'm going to read it real quick. Brian Cady, age 66, of Big Rapids, has passed away Monday, August 21st, 23, at his home, surrounded by his loved ones. Seven to George and uh, Marcella Cady. Graduated from Big Rapids High School in 1975, Brian spent three years in the United States military, Army Security Agency. Upon completion of his tour of duty, he returned to Big Rapids area where he married his lifelong partner for 45 years. Think of that, Tina. Now, I'm going to stop right there and talk about her a little bit. As life goes up close and as life goes on, my son Matt and Brian were very close. Brian was very loyal to the Currys, but more importantly, he was a loyal friend. He was a patriot, that's for sure. As you know, he fought in the war. But anyway, uh, Tina backed him on every endeavor he ever wanted to do. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great guys out there, and Brian surely was a great guy, but his wife was even a greater lady. Uh, through life, I remember him... Uh, or uh, Uncle John, I should say. Uh, they raced horses alongside the Currys down to Macosta County Fair for a few years there. And they did well. They had a lot of fun, but Tina backed him, let him go ahead and do that. You know, it's not cheap to race horses, but they made it. They raised two wonderful kids, uh, named Brian Jr. right after him, you know, and then, and then uh, the daughter. But anyway, um, Tina Tar, he sang. He uh, fished. Uh, he'd bought several different boats. He'd go in and out of fishing. He loved to hunt. But uh, I'll remember the first time I ever heard him sing was out in uh, Woodville area, Hunkford Lake. Uh, they had a horse camp out there, and his uh, Uncle John and him were there. And I didn't know it was Brian, and I was out there. And I could hear him picking over there, and I thought, wow, there's, they sound pretty good. This is bluegrass, you know. Beautiful voice and could pick as good as anybody. And uh, as life goes on, um, I fell in love with the song. There was a boy in Arkansas. He wouldn't listen to his ma. She tried to get him to go back to school. And then every time he came in the station for the last, I don't know, three or four years, I'd sing that song to him. And I couldn't remember the words. And he would pick up an auctioneer song for me. And I uh, said to him, I said, Brian, someday... Uh, I'm going to have you on the radio show, and you're going to sing that song, and we'll record it. I see you just do a beautiful job, and word for word, and you're going to go, 35, 35, 35, give me 35, 40. Yeah, he could just do it all, and he wouldn't do it. And not that he was a shy man. I just don't, I don't know. I guess it wasn't meant to be, but forever I'll recate it to every time we play it, and we should play it today for him in memory of him. But anyway, they were married for 45 years, and Tina was strong throughout this whole ordeal. Uh, it was only a couple months ago. Uh, he went to a doctor, or maybe three months ago, and they said, you got bronchitis. Little did we know it was cancer. They finally did a CAT scan on Brian, and they found out that, you know, you have 60 days to live. He didn't go home and, and just cry about it. He, he was still, several days after he found out, he still went to work. And I remember Kelly Thiebo came in one day, and we talked about Brian because he's over at the shop right now doing inventory and hardly had his voice left. His voice was going on. But anyway, he never got to sing another song or another verse with me, but he kept coming in the station and, and talking for the little voice that he had. And he just, um, it makes you realize that, you know, you're not here to leave your mark in life so it can be better for somebody else. And Brian did that with a lot of people. Anybody that he ever met, he liked, 
he wasn't a pushover. You know, he had his right and he had his voice and he stuck up for what he believed. But the problem was he believed in America the way it's always been, and that's be a patriot. So he didn't have too many enemies. I don't know if any that he had at all. But he just emulated what we should all be like. Remember God in your life and what all the wonderful things that he's given you. And he went out like a trooper, and I'm getting chills right now thinking of Thursday night. Little did I know last Wednesday I'd be the last time I saw him in the station getting his 20-ounce pop. He loved his 20-ounce pop. And he sat there Thursday night. My brother Philip had an auction for Brian out there because he didn't want to leave Tina with anything that she would have. Brother, a few weeks ago, I want to have an auction, and I want to get rid of all my belongings so Tina doesn't have to be bothered with it. Now, I went out that auction, and I car after car after car there parked all over. I said to my brother Philip, I says, how many people would normally be to an estate sale like this living estate sale? He said, approximately a third. That says a lot of hundreds of people there. And then when the sale was over, I said to Philip, how much would that normally bring in a normal auction? About less than half. People were there not just to buy his stuff. People were there to show their support to Brian, what he meant to them. And that was just an overabundance of love and caring for him. He sat in his yard, and I could start crying right, and wife Tina beside him. And I looked up there several times, and I, I didn't go up to say hello to him because there were so many people around him. We should all be so lucky to emulate Brian Katie in our lives that we would have hundreds of people to come to show support for you and, and to have a piece of you. You know, I bought a bunch of the tools, and I'll tell you why. His grandpa had Katie's junkyard there for years. Kid, I'd go out there and buy parts for my 57 Ford. But anyway, there was tools in that sale that I knew were probably his grandpa's. And I know Scott, Scott Morningstar and him were best of friends. And Scott was there to support his friend. And so was uh, Nick Battle, uh, be a short tail relation, married uh, his niece. They got to bidding on this wrench. I kind of wanted the Rad Nuff and Nick, and I, I'm not sure which one got it, but that and a couple other ones went for about 300 and some dollars. They were probably worth much less than that, but to have a piece of Brian memory hanging on the Lely and it went up for auction, I bought it, and uh, I wanted that in remembrance of Brian in the case. I'll never play it. Hopefully, maybe my grandkids will. His, his uh, sister came up to me during the auction. She goes, I really wanted that ukulele. And I said, well, I did too anyway. I, I, was, I was selfish. I went home and told my wife about it, and she gave me hell. She said, you should have gave it to her. And I just, there's so many things in life that you uh, take advantage of, and Brian wasn't one of them because I really cherished the moments we had in our station with him. He always had that quaint smile, and they always had a nice conversation. If you looked at the... Uh, things we had on Facebook when I posted I would be so lucky to have those nice words talked about me when I pass and just some of them enjoyed Brian because he was nice to me I always enjoyed Brian because he took time out in his life to speak to me I always loved Brian because he'd go fishing with me I always loved Brian it was all about love Brian and I know I'm rambling on and rambling on. I could talk about my friend Brian Katie for a long time because you know what? 
that's how long we had him in our lives. I'm 69 years old, and I can not remember when he was born. His dad, George, worked for my dad uh, back in the day, and so our families have always been close. I always said, Brian, you're a simple man, but you're king of kings. And I mean that, Brian Katie, as you look down on us right now and you're up there around the throne singing, singing with your guitar, that we're definitely going to miss. But I'll tell you what, I've been grateful for a lot of people I've met in my life. And Brian Katie, I doesn't come in the station without getting to know him. I try to meet everybody that comes through that door. And that man used to come in three times a day. And how could you not love nor cry or miss him? I understand there might not be a ending to the story because he, I don't think he wanted a funeral. I think that's uh, not being selfish, but uh, I, I don't know some to a story like Brian Katie, but unfortunately, uh, we're not all going to be able to get together and talk stories. But I thought about having something at the gas station someday called the Brian Katie Day and have people just have free hot dogs or something to come in and reminisce about the guy because. I, I know I see, I, I, I'm rambling on again, but uh, words uh, can never quit coming out of my mind. I could think of all the great things that he's done in his life, but more importantly, I think he leaves us with, uh, like I said, family. He's, him and his wife, 45 years, what a remarkable achievement in life that is. And I know it wasn't hard for him because, like I say, he was a simple man and lived a simple life. and enjoyed his kids and loved his grandkids my god they just adore him so keep brian in uh, thoughts and prayers as we go on with our lives and thank god every day that you get that extra day you know i mean i know people keep on preaching to me that you know take pictures and take time out to do those things and 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 one more story and i did this for brian this morning i usually go get uh donuts and take them to the station in the morning Try to be there around 7. Well, my kid's first day of school was today, and been there, and I said, to hell with life for right now. I'm going to stop it. And I went in and saw my three grandchildren. We went out and took a picture, and those moments, they're never going to forget, right? And and I know I, I made moments for them, and I made moments for me. And I think that everybody ought to just take a step back and realize how fortunate we are today because, you know what, Brian can't, can't argue about the Goshen plant or say we should have it because he's that the people realize how fortunate we are to have a life in big rapids and value uh the life we have in big rapids but enough said i i, I could talk and talk and talk and brian he worked at federal school and he was very appreciative of tom uh, over there and all the guys at federal school he, he appreciated worldwide rovering he worked there for several years and I don't know. Enough said. I, I love him. I'm fortunate that uh, both kids are staying in town and the grandkids are here. So keep them in your prayers. I hope I've said enough. And uh, God bless him. Well, there you go, Brian. That's your send-off song. You know, Bob, I did say, and we'll just take a minute if anybody wants to call in and tell us a story on Brian. Or maybe someday we'll have a group come in and talk about him. But uh, anybody out there want to call and uh, call in right now? What's the number, Bob? 231-592-1039. 592-1039. Well, there's a lot of anniversaries and birthdays out there. Make sure you tell your loved ones you love them and take pictures and make memories. And 
God bless America, that's for sure. Right, Bruce? Jason? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 40th anniversary on uh, Sunday. You do? Number 40. Oh, my Lord. Just this past Sunday. Real? Yeah. Oh, you had it? Had it. Yep. Oh, we didn't have it on the sign. Well. I'm going to go back over and put it on the sign. We'll put it on Facebook. <laughs> Good for How about you? Yeah, eight years. Yeah, wow. Eight years. You're, well, you're young. You're going to be around a long time. You're going to have memories of us back in, <laughs> I'm just say, a Back in the day, I remember I was on the radio before I started, before I became governor. I yeah. was a oh, supervisor sure. of the township. That's where township. it begins, Pat. When, when radio was a thing, you know, after it all goes off the area. Well, you know, you got to start someplace. But, you know, what this thing has really done has really woke up America. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Washington coming in here filming will that be on we're not sure uh we're, we're we'll find out they're going to get back with us it'll be a few weeks they got to put it all together but uh, uh i actually think penny is going to be the contact person to know when it's done hmm. and uh but it was a very professional crew i mean they're going to make something worthwhile and they're yeah. gonna they're going down to texas and out to north uh north dakota and then Carolinas Marshall. and Marshall, and they're you know they're going to be uh, they're they're putting a, a big story about all this uh, all these different companies coming in from China and uh, potential infiltration of the country. So, well, you know, one friend of mine is for it, and we're still friends. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends that are for it. They don't hate me, and I don't hate them. But they said, Do you know, how many companies America owns in China. I says, no, I don't. Do you? And they said, yeah, a lot. And I said, well, maybe 100. But the key is, we don't own them really over there. No. no. We have an interest, but we don't own the property. We don't own any of it. But uh, so like the McDonald's are over there. That's one, for instance. But they don't own the building. They own the franchise, maybe. But they don't. It just doesn't make sense to have what we got going on right now. But I do want to touch on this. Uh, 2024 is a big year. And advocate uh, who we want in offices. And the commissioners, county commissioners' seats are coming up. Uh, I understand Joe Bashaw uh, possibly could be running for a seat. I think Joe's a good guy. I think he's uh, been around a long, long time. He's certainly is. Graphic, so he's going to be running for commissioner seat. And I also understand, and, and people out there listening right now, don't go to heart on this, but you can ask the guys, Jared Christensen, as another sheriff, I think he would have been a good sheriff. He's got good uh, values. He's a patriot. Uh, Jason's liked by a lot of people. I understand down in Stanwood area there that they all, I think that might be Macosta Township. I'm not sure area of that anyway for county commission. He'd be a good one. So if we can get people like Joe and Jason on there and, they're not diehard old rednecks or nothing like that. They're open to views of others, too. You know, uh, Joe listens, not very often. Uh, he, he's a good guy. I talked to him when he ran for sheriff. I, I think he I think he's something that we ought to listen to and possibly get into office there. So we need some more, too. We need somebody on the east side over there. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, and I'm sticking my neck out here, but they're on there too long, and they get comfortable. Yeah. And then they let, uh, well, everything's good for me. I get my yeah. paycheck, and I'm getting yeah. my insurance. And yeah. quite frankly, the county commission uh, has long into that society. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so 2024, let's let's make uh, make sure we vote the right people in there. Hey. And this really important 2023, November 6th, for these local recalls. Right. It's one thing to be behind us and sign the petition. You've got to follow up by showing up and vote. For, and we're not going to tell you who to vote for. We're going to encourage you. I encourage you, if you want to see change in Green Township, right. to get Jason in there. But show up and vote. That's what it means. And, and unfortunately, if you look at the past voting records, 
pretty bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. bad. Local maybe levels, most people be. tend not to get involved. <clears throat> well, they're, they're, uh, they're, again, Bruce, what happens locally here is we're all pretty content. We go to my house on West Ave. Yeah, I'm safe. I haven't had a break in. Nobody yeah. bothers me. Yeah. So yeah, I guess they're doing all right for yeah. me. Little do they know, there's something underneath the bridge that's happening yeah. right now. Right. right. But see, we don't want to do that. We want to make sure we get that straightened out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Uh, everybody's signature. Everybody's voice has weight. And uh, a lot of people say, oh, my, my vote really doesn't matter. Well, uh, when you go through these recall processes and yeah. a referendum, uh, you can see how much weight a uh, person's signature and, and stance has. So, right. Absolutely. Yep. Well, uh, that pretty much every day. And I just want to leave a um, thanks for song having us on. for uh, Ron DeVries and Paulette. They're two dear friends of mine. And. And God was good to me yesterday, Bob. Uh, he brought Ron in to get some gas, and Joe Weckerman went out and talked to him. They both came back in and sat down for about an hour. And Ron's got a great wife. Paulette called him every five, ten minutes to see how Ron's battling cancer. Okay. Mm. And But he looked great yesterday, so you've uh, got a great team of uh, doctors. So uh, anyway, we're going to leave, and I want you to play a good song for my Ron, uh, John Denver, Sunshine. Yeah, I know. So, so I, for a half hour, I, I should talk, but I want to uh, dedicate that to Ron. And, right, hold on. Okay. Or the older I get, that's a good one too. Yeah, okay. So keep Which, talking. I'm not, small time Southern boys a good one. Take takes a minute. Yes, Top I'm, of the hour. Yeah, we, we gotta get the heck out of here. Over, yeah, play good songs. <laughs> natural break in the program. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the computer has completely frozen on me. We'll do this and then we will play uh, Sunshine on My Shoulder.